everybody. This is Book Arid and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgariad series of books by David Eddings. Welcome to season three, episode 24. This season we're reading book three, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into chapter 23. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe. It's a publishing company. We publish real magic and magical realism and, you know, I write a bit and I'm a bit of an artist now too, doing my own book covers. Who knew? Who knew it was possible? Yeah. Anything is possible. <laughs> I'm Alicia Seymour, fantasy author. I write novels of finding the magic and the wonder in the darkness. Yes, you do. Oh, I've just found this huge knot just there in my shoulder. Sorry, everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here prodding at my shoulder that's had a hot water bottle sitting on it. It's like toasty warm and very red. And I've just found this massive knot that when I press on, zings all the way down to my toe. So that's a thing. That's very tight and very big keep the heat keep the heat going on it yeah i'll put it back on in a minute <laughs> at least a few times a day at least a few times yeah that's what hanukkah said too we'll put it on a few times a day you soften it up soften mm -hmm. it up yeah yeah it's already working because you couldn't touch it well the thing ago. that i couldn't touch is let me see if I can... oh no i still can't touch that bit <laughs> further out like in 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 uh, it's this is this is an audio show and I'm pointing to bits of my body out on the point of my shoulder like just go to the point of your shoulder and then back just in a little there's a little notch there mm -hmm. in, in there that's where it's like oh, no that's that's still very fucking sore but anyway wow. welcome to the show everybody this is the show about magic and realism not my shoulder. But, you know, there's magic in everything, so. Yeah, and everything. <laughs> did you like this week's um, chapter? I did. I did. And it reminded me, like, back to my comparison, it still is feeling very much like Angmar to me, even though nobody's really agreed with me on that yet. Like, I'm still holding to that. This, and I guess you have to play Lord of the Rings online to really get it. But well, I had a look at the photos that so, you put up. It does look like really like barren and horrid. Yeah. Well, like the whole thing of the bubbling and the sprouting the of water and the smelly lakes and all of that. I'm like, this is just like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was good. It was a good chapter. Hmm. So we'll More get straight action. in. Sorry, darling. Yes, you like a bit of action. Yeah, I do. A bit of sword play, a bit of blood. Yeah, I do. It's really kind of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I oh, do. I can't wait that. to tell you. I can't wait to tell you about my cup. What we're going to Pogger's cup. What is in your cup this week, darling? <laughs> My cup is wine with a touch of whiskey um, because I had, I celebrated my birthday this weekend. It was on Sunday and happy uh, birthday, Alicia. Yes. I got a lovely message from Sandra and Hanukkah. 
singing to me which is really great we sang the dutch happy the dutch happy birthday song yeah yeah i really enjoyed that um and then i had some friends over and they brought my friend's husband um he's a whiskey drinker so he he, like brought his whole inventory of whiskey when he found out i liked whiskey do you yeah i don't know why i'm surprised i can't remember so you had a tasting yeah, so I just had a little bits, like the tiniest little bits of two of them. And then I had a glass of wine. So that's where the wine with a touch of whiskey is coming from. But yeah, it was good. Just I uh, did something with my parents and my girls first. We had lunch and then the, our friends came over. We were just at the house, just the few of us. And it's really quiet. Um, even my daughter, my little daughter, she commented like, mom, your birthday party is really quiet. And I said, well, that's exactly what I wanted. So I'm glad that it's really quiet. Are you allowed Um, to have gatherings over there at the moment? I don't, I don't know the rules rules, but last I knew it was under 10 people. Mm. I don't know if that's still what it is. We're allowed to have one person in a 24 hour period. (laughs) Officially. Really? Yeah. Officially. I don't know if that's changed, but we don't really Oh, no, a different country, totally rules. different zone than <laughs> rules, babe. Yeah, I never have, um, I never had that many people. Over. Anyways, it was just three people that came into our house. So oh, that's perfect, that's, though. Nice, quiet. That's against the rules and well. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like both of us go, I'm, I'm like, there's just two of us. If you've got something, I've got something. We're going together. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly it. So, um, yes, birthday celebration. And then what was really cool, and I already shared this with Sandra, um, last week, the end of last week, I logged into my author email list. And out of nowhere, there was like 100 new readers on my email list. It seemed out of nowhere at first. I'm like, why is this happening? And I was just, I was in tears. And I'm like, nope, my email list hasn't grown in like three years. I just, I don't. I haven't found a way that works for me to like put the word out on my books in a way that has consistent growth for Uh something like that. So I found out it was through book funnel. It's an awesome platform for authors. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I had joined a promotion with book funnel, completely forgot about it and boom, a hundred plus new people in my world. So Mm -hmm. that was really, really cool. Um, And then just the last thing is that, uh, you know, I say I don't really read books unless somebody recommends them or they're kind of thrown into my life. Like this book called The Seed of the Soul recommended to me over the weekend from my daughter's friend's mom. I love, I love, I just so love that you, this, you are discovering all of the things that I discovered like when I was in my like doing the things way back yeah. when Gary Zukov is beautiful he's so right. beautiful it is I've already like 100 pages in and it's it's really amazing to yeah. it just every time you get a different perspective on the same journey yes. it gets you it gets you deeper in. You're like, oh my God, I see it even more now. I feel it. And it's just. It's so wonderful. And like you, like Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. all of your mentions of him, I'm like, I got to check this dude out. 
I am totally like that totally got me listening to him more because yeah. I've like I, the things that I had heard and read of course I love but I was, I was never he's not actually been on my radar much since before you started talking mm-hmm. about him all the time and now mm-hmm. he's my company when I draw I put him on and listen to him talking to me um you know about being the light and ego and you know or stuff right it's so good and I just sit here and draw my draw my draw my draw and he talks to me and does his little <laughs> I know. You know, oh, I love laughs at laughs at the follies of humanity that. and I sit I'm like laughing out loud with him because it's just delightful I love his impersonations of the ego. (laughs) (laughs) He does the monster voice. He's just adorable. (laughs) Yeah, he's such a cute man. Like, um, I started watching some of his videos again. Like, when I'm waiting in line to pick the girls up at school, sometimes I'll be sitting there 15 minutes so I can get a video in because they're like, all right. And so I have it and like, I'll just, it's the same thing. Like, I just, it makes me laugh. But it's like the peers kind of laughing. It's like it is it is delightful. It is it is yeah. just joyful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it reminds you that yes, you can you can laugh at the seriousness of life because when you really understand the level that he understands, yeah. you you know that that seriousness is just not real. Like no. you're making it real. Yeah. It's he's so, so he laughs at it. Yeah. And it makes me remember like, oh yeah, that's I right. can laugh I, I at it. Just laugh. Yeah. I can just laugh right now instead of be mad or, or heartbroken or whatever yeah. it is. So it's he's been my my company the last the last solidly the last week. Good. I'm glad you're enjoying him. Yeah, me too. So well, what's in your a, cup, Sandra? You've had a nice week. My yeah. cup. <laughs> okay, so my cup is current wine um and that is in honor of Anne with an e Anne of green gables lovers of Anne of green gables will know exactly do you know Anne the story Anne of green gables i watched the original original show when i was little yeah yeah okay so that's my oh my god that's the one i fell in love with the original Uh telemovies with megan follows And um, so current wine is in my potion for Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> but I've become much too emotionally, in- I've been watching the new series on Netflix, which is fucking brilliant. Like it's incredible. It takes my childhood, my romantic childhood story and turns it into um, like the most poignant and romantic and and faceted adult story of Anne of Green Gables that could exist. It's brilliant and beautiful. But I've become way too emotionally invested in it. And I actually had to stop watching it. Like I'm watching it with my wife who doesn't know the story at all. And she got a few episodes in and she's like, oh, I don't know. I, I She's like, oh, my heart, my heart. Like we were taking turns saying, oh, my heart. Because, like, we couldn't bear it. It was so, like, oh, so beautiful. And she's like, no, no, I can't watch this. If something bad happens to them, I can't watch it. I can't keep, I, I can't watch it. <laughs> You've got to tell me because I can't watch it if something bad happens. 
and this is the woman who like watches horror movies and like right that I'm not allowed to watch because I get too scared and like I'm crying 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 through every episode loving it and then we got to a certain point and I'm like oh my god no I have to stop and I was so anxious that I couldn't sleep and like I was really like really invested in it and I could it was like it was real like I had animated it so powerfully mm-hmm. like while I was with the stories and the characters and the story that I had take I took it with me and this is part of the magic of story and fiction you know we take this stuff with us but this was the, the to the point that I wasn't I was finding it really difficult to let it go and like detach from it so I stopped watching <laughs> and I don't know if I'll start again I, I probably will at some point because it's so beautiful I want to see how it plays out but um but anyway yes so I had stopped watching it <laughs> yeah I get that because anything I watch I I anything I watch I invest myself into yeah, I can't watch something without investing myself into it, and that's why yeah. I stay away from certain things. Yeah, well, and because, like, and that's, I mean, let's face it, that is the beauty of a brilliant story. It mm-hmm. takes us in and makes us part of the story. And but it's also the like, no, you've got to know yourself and know how much of something you can absorb before you need to step away (laughs) and like and there's a lot of people too though that can watch that stuff and still be absorbed by it but it doesn't like get into them like it does to us well I can't I can't do it we're just we're just a little bit more open that it just goes right in there and and this is this is one of the reasons I think why I find it so difficult to watch new things easily I don't easily watch new things especially if I suspect that I'm really going to like it because I'm the kind that will just stay with it and be so like, it will be what I am until it gets to the end books, movie series, TV series, like whatever. I know that I will be disappeared into that world for as long as it takes me to get to the end of it. And so I don't easily watch new things. I watch things that I know I love and I am comfortable with. So even if the like the first time you ex- you experience something, it's always the most exciting and absorbing that that thing can be. And then after it, I find it easier to enjoy and be with, you know, the story, knowing that I'm... I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm also going to, like, it's not going to take me away. Yeah. To the extent that it did the first time anyway. Some things always will, but mm-hmm. it's interesting. Like, so, yeah, I'm a bit, yeah, so I'm on break. I had to go self-medicate with Eckhart Tolle you know, and drawing and looking at snow and just. <laughs> you know, if you guys haven't yet watched and you need something else to watch, it's not as intense but it's really like enjoyable and magical is the dark crystal the tv show i mean the netflix show i think we tried i think we started watching it 
You have to get used and then we to watching. Stopped. You have to get used to watching really get puppets. Hey, really? Yeah, I didn't really. You have to get it. used to watching the puppets instead of people. Yeah, that was the thing for me at first. I was like, yeah, no, it's weird watching puppets. Like, I'm not a big Jim Henson fan or anything yeah. like that. Um, but once I got past that and the story picked up, it was very okay. One of the most magical stories for me that I yeah? just always go back to. Always okay. To. Well, maybe I'll give it. Maybe you give it another go. Seated my shoulder up again. <laughs> okay. Yep. So that was my potion. <laughs> well, at least you're down to, you know, it's not easy to find something that good and just take breaks, like you say. It's fantastic. So maybe just one episode at a time. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I had to do that with Supernatural sometimes after one of the episodes. I'm like, all right, I'm 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 walking away. Okay, see you later. I actually checked. We, we watched an episode of Supernatural tonight instead of, like, instead of anything else because that was the thing that I was most comfortable and, like, comforted by because I've watched it so many times. Yeah. Yep. A Supernatural update later. Yes. I'm excited. All right. So, Darian's view, view, the chapter. Yes. Okay, so they enter the mountains of Mergos and they have to kind of trudge through because there's a lot of high winds and the dirt blowing up everywhere. It's making it hard to see and I can't imagine trying to breathe in that stuff. And there's uh, some dangerous paths that they have to cross, a few close calls. And then, of course, it's ended with it ends with an attack by Murgos and the Brolem that had a very interesting end, I thought. So, this is a good chapter. Okay, cool. Yes. So, I wasn't, I mean, yes, there's a couple of really like interesting things in this chapter. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I've had those chapters for yep. me in this already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so when we come into the chapter, oh. they've been riding hard and everyone's exhausted and the horses are stumbling with exhaustion and Garen's just, just about had it. And it's really cold. And so... Dernick's that makes like, it even worse, the wind with, with coldness. Like, can you imagine how chapped their whole face must be if they don't have freezing. cover? Like, I'm yeah. experiencing ne- negative... Like, negative seven, I think, I felt. Like, for the first time in my life, it's like, wow, that's really freaking cold. <laughs> Degrees Celsius, so whatever that right. was in Fahrenheit. I've shut the tab. I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> uh, what does it say? 2.2 2 or something? 12.2. 2.2, wasn't it, or something? It was 12.2. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Sorry, 2.2. I'm like, oh, my God, we're all dead. No, <laughs> what? <laughs> we would be in San Diego. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but that that sort of, and it gets really windy here too. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, so instead of instead of snow, it's like a desert environment, right? It's See, I arid. 
yeah i always associate desert with hot 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 heat like central like australia you know it'd probably be like uh i my family lives in the desert um on the border between california and arizona uh-huh. as a tiny little town and i've been there in the desert when it's really cold but windy mm-hmm. and it is such a strange feeling of like all this dust blowing around everywhere mm-hmm. and at the same time you it's freezing cold it it just creates this weird air like the air just feels so strange mm-hmm. it kind of messes with your head your nose gets all whacked out at least for me mm-hmm. and um and down into the throat and all of that just everything is just really strange is it cold but the sun is shining yeah 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 the sun's out it's like a clear sky but the wind and the dirt are blowing everywhere and you know you step outside and it's yeah so you can you you can totally picture this environment that that the our, Mm -hmm. our our story is in at the moment yeah yeah i've been in it a couple of times and the other thing that I that I that's interesting about this environment is that the sand is black. Right. Because of the volcano, probably, right? Well, I guess it's just the in yeah, I guess bas- the volcanic earth is 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 black, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Dark. See, I'm I used I I'm from central Queensland. I think uh, you know dirt and deserts and i think red red dirt okay <laughs> right i know it's funny how it's different everywhere right like i mean i guess we have some red dirt here but usually our dirt's just dirt like brown well, dirt you know we bring ourselves <laughs> to the story don't we mm-hmm. um yeah so anyway so Dernick's like we've got to find some shelter because <laughs> everyone's buggered and we need to get out of the wind. We can't spend the night in the open. And Relg says, go that way. Oh. He senses the cave. Like, I don't even think they can see it yet, but he just senses that it's there. And he's yes. positive there's a cave there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so there's also a mention here just of how Relg is now kind of part of the group after his rescue of Silk. Um, and I liked the comparison of like, his praying thus had become less an inconvenience and more a personal idiosyncrasy, somewhat like Mandarin's archaic speech or Silk's sardonic witticisms. Yeah, because Belgarat has managed to convince Rogue that he can pray on horseback just as well as he can on his knees on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's not an inconvenience to anyone anymore. It's part of his person. It's just part of who he is. Right, right. Yeah. And it's true. Like, it's true that you can just like meditation. You can do that at any moment. You don't oh, my God. Oh, my God. To. That was, I'm sorry. I just got very excited because I almost put that in a note in our sheet because I'm like, we have to talk about this because it's so important. <laughs> exactly what yeah, you're saying. Is. So keep going. Keep it going. Is. Yeah. Well, just that, you know, you can meditate or pray whichever term you prefer to use or practice but you don't have to sit down sometimes it helps to sit down in complete silence and be still and just focus on clearing your mind or I'll focus on the prayer 
But like, this is where Eckhart Tolle was a huge impact on me is that it's really, those moments are great when you can have them, but really it's about the moment to moment. Like in each moment, you can always meditate. You can always pray no matter what you're doing, like physically doing inside, you can be completely cleared and setting your intentions or just meditating on what you want to create you know, because we go away to our retreats and then we go back to our normal lives. It's the, the practice part of it is taking it in, taking what you learn, taking what you practice in those special, quiet, built for spiritual practice places, taking it back into our lives and practicing in our actual lives, like bringing that off the mat you know, in yoga speak, take it off the mat with you, you know, take that silence with you. And I just thought this was really, it's really important because that's why we practice, isn't it? It's not so that we can go and sit in a corner every now and then and just have like a half an hour of, of, of decompression, which is so important sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And to have that extra like sacred space. Absolutely. The practice is to make that how we are, how we move through the world. Yeah, I'm somebody who really enjoys making time every single day, like an hour at least where I am sitting in that silence. But uh, if there's a day where it doesn't work out, I understand that I can still make it happen in the moment to moment awareness. Like that also your spiritual practice is often any challenges you come across through your day, that is your spiritual practice. Oh, like that is <laughs> like me last week with my daughter and like yes. kind of that challenge we were having, that was my spiritual practice. And I knew it Yeah. But in the moment you really have to, that's the meditation or the prayers, just even just your breath, just breathe instead of react. Yep. And it will mostly resolve itself. It, well, oh. you know, we think we only think we ever have control. Mm-hmm. That's just something we tell ourselves. It's never real. It's never true. <laughs> There's a divine plan to it all, you know. Well, you know, there it, is so. like, and whatever way you look at it, you know. I like to sometimes think of of the world as the most per- like. My dad's a mathematician. And maths is like the perfect, the perfect language. It's the perfect universal language. Everything is built in a, in a certain order. It all happens a certain way. The rhythms and the cycles and, you know, the, the orbits of the planets and the expansion of the universe, it's all completely out of our control and it's just going to keep happening and if we think that our little earth is like the only thing that's not part of all of that we're crazy and we are most of the time walking around (laughs) crazy yes it's true that reminds me of another Eckhart Tolle thing but I can't remember his exact phrase um but it always made me laugh something about being crazy Oh, yeah, uh, I, I can't remember it right now, though. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, yes. 
<sighs> yes. Oh, well, they, no, no, I'm so glad. Oh, I just, I'm sorry. I'm very excited <laughs> that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, I remember not noting that just in my mind, like, all right, yeah, Belgrass right on there. He's exactly <laughs> on the point. <laughs> <sighs> that was, that was a huge shift in my life, is doing that, learning to do that. Yep. Yeah, so they get to the cave, this cave that he's found and out of the wind and it's still just freezing cold though like it's mm -hmm. a terrible night even in the caves they couldn't they try to go is it gary and silk and somebody else go to get sticks and wood but they barely find anything and mm -hmm. so they have to really be sparse with the fires at night and it's just not enough to keep them warm so no like they've found some scrubby thorn bushes that didn't couldn't even chop through very well with the axe like that's how tough and tough these things right are. and they there's water in the cave but it's ice so they have to melt it <laughs> it's really freaking Chop cold it away yeah oh. and, and then there's mention too silks silk experience because he's like really edgy he's just not yeah like they get oh, in the oh, cave they get in the cave yeah. and he's he's immediately like looking around at everything and like like i'll come and help you with collect the wood because he doesn't <laughs> want to be in the cave yeah Imagine that was an extremely long night for him, more than anybody else. Yeah, and Gary wants to know what it was like, like go moving through the rock. Mm -hmm. And um, and Silk's like, it was he just like I could feel it seeping, like sliding through me. That would be unnerving. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. It's another interesting concept of like, how solid are you though? You know, if you really consider yourself, which I imagine Silk's one of those that considers himself a solid human being, and that's it. I am this being, human being, and, and that's creepy that the rock slid through me, you know? But like for somebody like me, who's kind of, or somebody who else is just more like, okay, well, yes, I am form, but, also, this form is like made up of a bunch of just water and air and whatever. And so there's a lot of space rocks, in you, even though you look solid. Yeah. So to me, rock sliding through me, I don't know if I, I mean, I'd have to experience it to really know if it'd bother me, but well, I don't think a, it would. Have a think, like just get still for a sec and think about your, because you don't like being in enclosed spaces. Yeah. Okay, so think about yourself as in Silk's position where he's not in control of the sliding. Mm -hmm. Someone else is in control of the whole thing. Yeah. How would you feel about I that? I don't know. I mean, I have, I have so much faith in me that I would probably put a <laughs> lot of faith not in me. I have so much faith in everything that I probably would have put a lot of faith in Ralph already knowing what I knew about him mm -hmm. and knowing that he was chosen to be our group for a reason. Um, he must be really good at what he does. So I'm just going to close my eyes and get through this and not let my mind take over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. But yeah, Silk is very disturbed by it. Oh, he's terribly, he's like, he's totally freaked out. And he, he's sort of of the opinion that well, yeah, I might have actually preferred staying there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So, and the other interesting thing that our poll observes is that Rob no longer seems to be coughing. Mm -hmm. And, and, and um, you know, Rob's like, I don't think the cold could go through the rock. So, you know, <laughs> it was just gone when I came out of the hill. And I'm like, yeah, That's okay. I, said, I can see that that would be like a complete filtering of anything. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny to think about that. Oh, my God. I just had a brilliant idea hmm. for magic in a book, a magic system involving this actual passing through different kinds of rock to cure different things or for different purposes. Someone write that down. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. No one steal that. Or if you do, <laughs> tell me what the books are so I can read them. That's funny. <laughs> I think that's for you. That sounds like your kind of story. <laughs> okay. Anyway, they have a little talk about the curing of colds and silk is of the opinion that it'll never be popular as a cure. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it is just a cold. You can really tough it out anyways. <laughs> I want to slide through the rock. Yeah, I think it would be an interesting, I don't know if it'd be fun, but it would be an interesting experience. I want to know what it feels like. I'm, I'm like, I try to... <laughs> Kind of. I guess it depends what kind of rock also. Like, like there's different. Well, now you're getting into the details. Yeah. Do tell. Well, I, I mean, like the rock that exists in the caves of Hawaii, that would probably be pretty cool um, to pass through. But why? 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 They're just very beautiful rock in Hawaii. And. I don't know, easier to pass through, they seem like. Oh. Well, you'll have to I've let seen. us know. Have you ever been to Hawaii? Yeah, I was uh, on Kauai. And it's already been like 14 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so like a lifetime ago. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. It was really beautiful there. So yeah, it would have to depend. For me, it would depend on the kind of rock, I think, mm -hmm. what I'd, I'd enjoy it or not. Okay, listeners, what kind of rock would you like to slide through and why? Mm -hmm. We'll let you know how to contact us about that at the end of the show. Stick around. Um, so they travel for another four days. And they reach a huge basin, uh, the wasteland of Murgo, Murgo, Murgos. And they keep going for another half a day, like down, down, down into this basin. So this is where the black sand is in, in this wasteland. And I got the map of Thor Murgos out so I could sort of track where they're where they're mm -hmm. traveling and I'm like oh okay I could see it I could I could so they come down out of the mountains from the north traveling south down into the wasteland where all this black sand is and Mandrail wants to know what has what caused you know what what's caused this huge depression the big basin there and there used to be a, an inland sea um, there apparently a sea that must be very large, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. An inland sea. But when Torak cracked the world and the eastern edge, like it, the up, it broke away the eastern edge and all the water drained. Yeah. All, the, all the water drained away. And so I think uh, well, the cracking of the world is what created the eastern escarpment, I think. Hmm. Um, okay. As well. And so, God, can you imagine a sea draining away? No. I'm just trying to imagine an inland sea. I can't even really do that. Well, I mean, I wonder what makes it an inland sea, the fact that it's salt water or something. What makes a sea a sea? Oh, okay, that'll be my random fact. <laughs> yeah, because to me, I'm like, wouldn't it just be an extremely large lake or something? <laughs> like a saltwater lake or something. <clears throat> okay, well, that would be my, my little research for the show. And then they can... Yeah, yeah go. I'm sorry. They, um, Gary and spots this thing in the, in the distance and it kind of panics for a minute because I guess he thinks it's an actual creature, like a living thing. Mm -hmm. They get closer. Bugrass says, I don't think it has a name. They used to live in the sea, but they've been dead for thousands of years. And as they get closer and they pass by, it's just this enormously huge monster or something that has eye sockets as big as buckets in the skull and the head is, is bigger than a horse. So I can only imagine like what kind of things lived just like in our time, like yeah. things that used to live in the ocean. I mean, yeah, well, it's like, it sounds like, like a big sea monster, like a big dinosaur skeleton, like a, an aquatic dinosaur or something. Yeah. Sea monster. <laughs> And um, yeah, so they keep going and then the wind picks up and they're like, yeah, we've got to get some shelter. And this, you know what, every time I read this, I try to imagine, and I had a new thought this time when I was reading it, but they, 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 um, Relg says all the caves are full of sand, so they can't go, they can't find a cave, but there's a big pile of rock, you know, and they head towards that and Barak's like, oh, well, if we go, you know, over onto the side away from the wind, we'll be protected. And Belgaras says, no, we have to stay on the other side because it could, otherwise the sand will build up and it could fall on us and, like, crush us. And, like, I'm like, okay, okay, yep, I can, I can see the sense in that. Um, and they're like, well, this isn't much shelter. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. Like, would it? Would there be a benefit in standing beside a pile of rock? Well, you know, okay, maybe, maybe the fact that there's a big pile of rock there would tend to make the wind like shear around the rock, so it wouldn't be blowing straight at you so much. Maybe, yeah. That's what I imagine. Okay. But then the thing that I don't get is, but, and then Dernick says, well, there's, you know, sees all of these, um, uh, the pieces of rock, like the pile of rock. 
he picks one up. He's like, oh, these are fractured into square pieces. This We can stack this. <laughs> and like I make a wall. I'm like, okay, so Belgrass just said, no, we can't hide on the other side of the the pile of rock in case sand builds up and falls on us. But like, yeah, go ahead and build a wall here. <laughs> so, you know, so and we'll stand in between the wall and the pile of rock and they sort of tent the canvas of the tents at the top. I'm like, well, how is that? But I'm like, okay, well, so maybe maybe because there's not so much rock, if it fell over, it wouldn't crush them. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Because it only comes up to, like, their shoulders. Yeah, right? true. So it's not as, yeah, okay. All right, I take it back. <laughs> That's why maybe he sense. specifically said they got it up to shoulder height. Yes, <laughs> it's true. All right. Yeah, but they had to spend two days in that situation. I couldn't with, imagine that. With the horses in this tiny little space, all I can think of when things like that happen is what, how, where, where are people mm-hmm. shitting and right. stuff? Because I know. That's what I was thinking too. I mean, the horses obviously are just going to go, so it's going to stink <laughs> regardless. And uh, for the people, I mean, they, how do you – to the wind <laughs> well i mean that's always that always has bothered me in every single story that and i mean i know i understand you, dig a hole. you, you know dig you a don't hole. you don't talk about the boring stuff you talk about the exciting stuff and keep it moving along but i make a point in the stories i write of including <laughs> scatological um details because there is a deep magic in that and well, let's just face it, I like talking about taboo things. So I always make sure I include those kinds of elements or something to do with the things that people don't commonly talk about or tend mm-hmm. away from. Because I like it. The only thing I could think is if they would just dig a hole. Well, know? they would. They would. They yeah. just dig a hole. Yeah, so the storm passes. Yes. Right. They they are finally free to go. And Relic is, I guess he's terrified because the sky is so clear and blue and it's just expansive above him because he kind of freaks out and starts praying. Well, yeah. Yeah, they come out and 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 I mean it it would be like they're in a basin, so there are no mountains around. It would be like just barren and flat and kind of overwhelming like that's a thing here people actually who like the netherlands is really flat there are no hills there are no mountains and so um people who come here actually can get a bit like weirded out and not know why but it's because like there's no relief it's just all flat Makes it great for bike riding, though. I love it. (laughs) That would be interesting to see. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Um, Anyway, side note. Um, And then, yeah, so he's sort of, um, does he cover his eyes again? Yeah. That's mentioned later, yeah, that his eyes are covered again because it's too bright. And the the wind keeps coming up and... 
no, the, the dust storms. So Belgrass, like, yeah, these storms happen. It's the season for them. Um, but then there's like the an earthquake starts. Have you ever been in an earthquake? Oh yeah, San Diego gets them. I've never been in an earthquake. What's that like? I've been. I don't know how to describe it. It's just everything shakes around you. The ground is like, you know, your body feels scary? like. You're... Yeah, because at first, when it first starts, like in the past six months, we've had a few like super tiny ones, just like not even nothing to it. But you know, the big fault line is here in California, that big San Andreas fault. So oh, yes. Uh, it's pretty close to San Diego. So if anything were to happen, like they made that movie San Andreas, I can't watch that. It all just drop into the sea. <laughs> yeah, or into the crack. And um, so yeah, that first moment, oh, sorry. That first moment of the shake when you know, and I've gotten good at discerning what it is. There's been moments where I'll literally be meditating and I feel it so subtle, like nobody else moving around, like busy and all that probably feels it at all. But because I'm still, I feel the earth go and then I'll kind of like, is it going to come? And it just stops. But yeah, it's like that first 10 seconds, you kind of just, and I don't move, mm -hmm. like waiting to see how big is it going to get. Like before I start to run and like make some action, mm -hmm. I give it a moment because, uh, you know, if it were to get big enough, it could break windows or foundations. And yep. I'd rather be out in my backyard than in my house. Oh, okay. Is that, good what, idea. is that what you're supposed to do? Like get out of a building? No, If you're in a building? No, they tell you to get under something that's really heavy, like under my desk. At school, they'd have earthquake drills that they get under their desk and cover their heads. Duck and cover. Yeah. But to me, I feel like my backyard is the safest. There's not really any large trees that would fall. The power lines maybe, but I'm like, I could dodge that if I needed to. <laughs> Whereas if the sure, roof caves in, sure. just dodge I'm the screwed. falling electrical power lines. <laughs> yeah, I could because it's just one, it's one pole that's near enough that it could fall into my yard. Whereas the whole roof crumbles. Where am I going to go? Well, I would hope that you have the sense to run, uh, a, like, not along the length of how the pole is falling, like they do in movies, but actually, like, to the side. Like, just, just oh, yeah. skip to the side. Yeah. We don't exactly. need to build tension. We just need for That's you not why... to be crushed by a pole. <laughs> That's why I say it would be easier because it's really all I got to do. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move this way. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so there's an earthquake, but it doesn't seem like a really huge one. No. Um, but it does say that, you know, it's deep and the ground heaves. That would be that would be weird. And Silk wants to know if it's Katuchik doing that. But yeah, not. because they've had like the big sandstorm and you know, so you're gonna fight us with earthquakes and so sandstorms mm -hmm. but Belgrass like no nah, no one's strong enough to do that he says that's where it's coming from and he points south and where they can just make out a line of dark peaks and a thick plume of smoke rising up into the air 
and it's a volcano way out there and he says that's probably the same one that erupted last summer when we were, dropped ash all over us when we were in this fist tour mm -hmm. i like that reference it gave me some like time um, what do you call it timeline yeah 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 i i've got to say i really enjoyed referring to the map while i was reading this chapter and just getting like really locating myself in the world mm -hmm. and so Dernick wants to know which way do we go which way do we go and Valgras like that way it points straight to the smoking mountain <laughs> yeah of course that's for the I mean where else are the bad guys going to hang out if not inside or beside a volcano <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> That's where the bad guys like to go, just like in um, Lord of the Rings, Mount Doom. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so they're heading to Mount Doom and they pass a, a few more of those big sea monster skeletons, which would be kind of cool. Um, I could see like the, re the remakes of the Star Wars movies when they were digitally remastered and they had all the extra CGI stuff put in, how they've got like the big skeletons um yeah, in, yeah. on Tatooine Tatooine I think yeah that's another landscape that was probably kind of similar in some ways yeah well to this I mean that is the landscape that I picture because I mean I might have been born out in the red dirt but I've never really been to a desert that's the I think that's the landscape that I was picturing like through this yeah that's another good one and then they start to smell the rotten egg smell. Yeah. And um, it's the Tarn of Thok. And it's just, it's all that's left of the sea that used to be there. <laughs> Fed by How underground. How long has that water just been sitting there? That's a long time but, for water to sit. Well, yes, but it's fed by underground springs, it says. So it's so there's water coming up out of the ground. Yeah. But it's still like sitting water for that long is gonna be really nasty. But yeah, the smell of sulfur, the rotten eggs. I had to think of supernatural in that moment. Just had to. Yes, demons leave behind residue, sulfur residue. And then they get like they get past the the horrible icky lake. Ha <laughs> ha, Alicia Seymour. Magic in the moment email just popped up. Aww. <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so they get past this horrible rotten egg lake and they're like, uh, Belgrass, like, okay, now it gets a bit dangerous here. You need to follow me closely. You need to do exactly what I say. Stop when I say stop and follow me when I say follow me. And like run when I say Thank run. You. Right. Mm -hmm. I was going to add that part. Oh. Run when I say run. Yes. <laughs> and um, so Relg's still got his eyes covered. Garen's like, oh, I'll lead his horse. And Sook observes that at least it's a little warmer here. So you imagine <laughs> the springs... <laughs> <laughs> must be hot water coming yeah. up from the ground, right? Well, yeah. Because of the volcano. Oh, yeah, of course. That's, yeah, of course. And so they're, they're in this 
boggy, like there's mud and geysers and steam and quicksand. <laughs> so it's a pretty dangerous little section that they're passing through. Yep. So those geysers that are spurting up into the air are probably boiling hot water, so they don't want to... Uh, and mud. Like, ugh. Can you imagine? Yeah, they don't want to have one erupt while they're on top of it. No. So that's what Belgrath is like. You got to stop when I say stop. Yep. And they manage to run. Like, one explodes, and he's like, all right, they run. And so yep. they all try to get past it before it erupts again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then Garion almost then um, Paul has sort of stops Garion. It's like she's got eyes in the back of her head or something. I'm sure she does. <laughs> and um, he has to back up the horse, so not turn the horse around, but back up. He almost has stepped into quicksand, and Silk like freaks out again at the thought of quicksand, which is apparently all around them. So don't step off the path. So, yeah, so I guess that was Belgrath's part of his plan, was right? Because you can go around, but it takes a lot longer to go around all of that. And mm -hmm. also it's going to deter anybody following them to try to pass through all of that stuff. Yeah. No, I guess they're on a bit of a timeline, aren't they? They're trying to get to where yeah. they're going as quickly as they can. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, precisely. And then Relg hears something. And it's actually, it's just occurred to me that it's interesting that Relg heard it, like Belgrass listening for geysers, the noise that a geyser might make before it erupts and everyone else is just kind of like, oh, what's going on? And, but Relg hears something. And I wonder if that's because he's really tuned in, his eyes are all covered up and he's sort of like just, that's the sense that's like really alert. Right. And it's interesting that it sounds like two pebbles knocking together when he's kind of like the rock master. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine it. it would be like somebody is uh, around the rocks and they shuffle some rocks yeah. down and they go click, plop, plop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. just, oh, I just heard that really clearly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Art Paul tells them that it's Murgos, there's six of them and a Grollum. And they're waiting for them, just they're waiting to ambush them. After they're all already like emotionally and physically and mentally drained from that, uh, being so alert to not die in that, yeah. on that pathway, right? Now yeah, they get right. to face this. Yeah. So yeah, Barak and um, Mandrell are like, yes. Okay, mm -hmm. let's run. Waiting. <laughs> let's get rid of some of this ah energy. Not that they need an excuse ever to have a fight with someone. <laughs> right. They're always ready for a fight. So they go ahead. The sun is just setting at this point. Ralph's able to pull the blinding out from his eyes. See, even here, Ralph's like. Like he's one of their companions. He's like, no, I need to, because Garion's like, don't, you'll hurt your eyes. He's like, no, no, I need to. If I right. need to, you know, I might need my eyes. So he's not, yeah. he's not a burden on them. He's, he's sort of stepping into that role of companion. 
Yeah, and even the, the way the Regarian reacts to him, that he cares, like, oh, don't do that. You might hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus being annoyed with him is a big change. Yeah. So um, the Murgos, of course, lose their advantage of surprise because it's not a surprise when they jump out. And they're surprised instead because Barak chops one in half. <laughs> And no, Mandarellen? Mandarellen chops one in half with his big sword down the middle of his head. That's horrible. And then Mm. a barracks like just axing people out of their Mm -hmm. saddles with blood going everywhere. (laughs) And um, who else is in the fight? Oh, Silk throws a dagger. He likes to throw daggers. Hits someone in the neck, just blow the ear, plop. So mm-hmm. that's that. I wonder if he went and got his dagger back. I think he probably would have. Yeah, you kind of have to, or is he going to get another one? And I imagine daggers are kind of like you've got your favorite daggers. They're a bit they're balanced the way that you see you when you throw them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's not like you throw your broadsword away if someone gets stuck on it after you stick them with it. No, you kick them off the sword and you tag it with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same with like the bow and arrow, right? You got to go pull your arrows out. At least that's what, um, what's his name in Walking Dead did. Because in that situation, you're not really going to get more arrows anywhere. Correct Amundo. I can't believe I just said correct Amundo twice. So, and then the next thing that happens is excellent. With the Grolem? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, I like the, the okay, the way the, the Grolem is explained here, the description, dark robed, polished steel mask. Um, this is exactly like there is a group of people in um, Game of Thrones that wear black cloaks and have steel masks. Really? Sons of the Harpy. They're called the Sons of the Harpy. Their masks are gold, though. So I don't know what color these masks are, but well, these are just exactly... steel, like steel, like silk, like steel colored. Okay. So yeah, but the mask actually the face, the golden face, and it looks really creepy. So yeah. Anyways, the Grolum is like he's starting to panic because the Murgos are dropping so quickly. He didn't think it was going to be that. It wasn't going to go that way. It's just so <laughs> he tries to like escape, but it's not going to work. Relg, and it's Relg of all people, is Oz. No, the, in the Grollum, he doesn't, he doesn't get ready to escape. He draws himself up to gather his will to like throw some magic mm-hmm. at him. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't work regardless because, um, Whatever Rel, I don't know where he's channeling this energy from, but it's like he becomes bigger. It seemed like he got bigger all of a sudden, like just the way it's described, not actually bigger, but just his momentum well, was bigger. You think about it. So the way it's, he describes it is if you're looking at him from behind, you look at the set of his shoulders. When you look at somebody like a bodybuilder who flexes up their muscles they get you know they go from like a relaxed position to like a active bulging that's what I imagine 
Yeah. It's just not an image I would have ever thought I would vision with Relg. But yeah, so he's he's got the golem and he's holding him against the rock. He's pinned there and they think at first he's just gonna pin him there. Wait till like, someone comes something. to him. <laughs> but then he slowly starts pushing him into the rock. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was really cool. And Silk is even like, Rogue, no, don't do that. Because you just, <laughs> all the anxiety of like, oh my God, that must be terrible. Even for a girl, I'm like, nobody deserves that. Mm -hmm. But he does. He pushes them all the way in until yep. all that's left are his two hands sticking out. <laughs> and he's dead. And then he just pulls his hands out and <clears throat> the girl is dead. And poor Silk is over there on his hands and he's vomiting because he's so like, distraught by the manner of this guy's death me and he had it coming i guess well you know he was gonna kill them yep and then there's one mergo left and he tries to run away and dernick oh. <laughs> dernick rides right. after him but instead of like hitting him with his axe he just cuts across in front of him and like stops him from running away, drives him back the other way and chases after him. And eventually Barrack's like, where's the other one? And Garion tells him that Dernick's chasing him. And then Barrack's like, oh, we should probably go because, you know, Dernick's a good man, but he's not really a fighter. Better go help him. And then there's this scream and, you know, Dernick just comes riding back in. <laughs> he He's like... Oh, I chased him into the bog and he ran into some quicksand. And the question that Barrack says, why didn't you hit him? Hit, why didn't you just use your axe? And Jake's like, well, you know, I don't really like hitting people. <laughs> and Silk is just like still in his, you know, post-bomb stage from being distraught at the Grollum in the rock. And he's like, you chased him into the, into the quicksand instead. That's monstrous. Because like that's, pretty much the same thing as getting pushed into the rock isn't it for him but um Dernick's very pragmatic you know dead is dead I'm sorry about the horse though yes I'm with Dernick on that one poor horse yeah you said that last you were talking about the horses last week mm. it's true though I mean, it's is yes, like what's the difference if you're gonna cut him down with your axe or run him into quicksand you're still killing him it's still taking a life yeah you know yeah but it's less it's less it's less participatory mm -hmm. less blood perhaps yeah and it's interesting that the ones that usually chop people down are the ones that are horrified that he just raised him into quicksand well well silk Silk's not into hewing people apart. He usually just, you know, jabs them with a dagger in a good spot and, you know, they're done. Yeah. It's not, it's not very, it's not terribly gory. Like Amanda Allen and Barrack, gore galore. But that doesn't Pestons bother flying places, I imagine. Hooked on the ends of swords and shit. You look so calm about that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's too much Game of Thrones in my past or something. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm just, I'm an innocent little person. <laughs> if you believe that, I have a horse I want to sell you. <laughs> <laughs>
that's the end of the chapter. Yes. Okay. So that was Wolf's Wisdom Magic. What is your magic from this week's mm-hmm. chapter? I mean, I had to say Relg burying the Grolem in the rock. Definitely. It is the highlight. It is the yeah. highlight. Although I do like my magic is um, Garion sensing when Art Pole sends out her mind to, like they say, to look for the, to see how many people are waiting to ambush them. Mm-hmm. Just the, uh, he seems to be getting more of a, a heightened sense of it. Like, so this time it described the edge, he could detect the edge of the ripple of her mm-hmm. mind as she sent it out. So it's sort of getting more, more sensitive to that particular piece of magic. Well, that was, yeah, that is good. And reality. What is your reality? Mm. My reality is um, I have seen geysers up close and personal when I was a child. We went to a road trip with my cousin and I believe it's in Yellowstone, Yellowstone, Wyoming, um, Yellowstone National Park. And so the geysers, like they have the Old Faithful, this really big one, but there's a bunch of these little ones. So it is that smell. Like I could smell that rotten egg smell because that's exactly what it smells like. It's terrible. And then just seeing all the, like the the heat, you feel the heat and watch the bubbles. Some of them have really pretty colors though, Mm. inside the water. Uh, probably from the sulfur maybe well it described that the in the book actually the top of the lake it was like oily so yeah it's pretty cool geysers are pretty cool to see up close but the smell is a little is yeah. there a sound can you remember the sound before it came up no because you can't get close enough to oh, it okay. like they have it roped safety. off and yeah yeah i, I mean I wouldn't pay attention to that when I was like 10. No. I wouldn't not. have known to no. listen for it. Yeah. Okay. So my magic is dust storm. The dust storm. When I was small in uh, central Queensland, talking about red dirt, there was a dust storm. And I can remember looking out and there was just a wall of red coming, coming at us. And it just got everywhere, like everywhere. Just it was it was incredible. (laughs) Wow! Uh, Yeah, I've never had a dust storm on that level. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that was my my reality. And and now we're up to prophecy speak. special announcement just before we go into prophecy speaks we have a new tier in our patreon where you can book a private prophecy speaks session with alicia and i uh 30 to 40 minutes just the three of us and so what you're getting is a, a holistic therapist 
a story guide, life coaches, spiritual direction, divination, magic, and we do with you what we do with each other every week on the show. And so the way that it's set up is there's a tier in Patreon. It's at a, it's at a special price at the moment, $30 for this session. And, the, and it's a limited number and it'll stay that way because the way it works is you go in and become a patron of that tier. So say you want uh, an appointment, book a session in March, you would go into Patreon before the end of somewhere towards the end of February, become a patron of that tier. And then somewhere inside March, after you've, you know, after you've had your session, you either hop out, become not a patron at all, or drop down to one of the other tiers. And that's how it's intended to work. So it's not like we're saying, hey, you know, become a $30 patron and pay $30 every month. No, the intention is you become a patron for the month that you want the session and then you drop back. Yeah, and then they can do it more than once too, right? They can go oh, back sure. in and and do yeah. another month. Yeah, so there's no it's, there's no limit to the number of times you can do it, but the number of spaces is limited to four at any time. Because you know we don't want to. This is an our full time job. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to make sure, and we do that because that ensures that the month that you want is the month you get yeah so so yeah that's how it's gonna work so have a look if you like there'll be links in the show notes shall i go first yes go ahead all right prophecy so speaks prophecy speaks my question this week is carrying on from the the gutting that i really got us causing miracles um sure shall i shall i let a goddess causing miracles go for now and concentrate on my books for a while shall i just let it fall right to the side concentrate on my books for a while simple that's the question and the book that i'm using is it's a fantasy novel i haven't read my wife said it was very boring and she didn't want to read it but I haven't tried it yet it's called Priestess of the White by Trudy Carnarvon okay James sighed being a dream weaver I'm not sure I want to anymore I guessed as much what do you think I should do Liad smiled what do you want I don't know what do you want from your life then? I don't know. Of course you do. Do you want love, children, wealth? What about fame or power or both? Or do you want wisdom and knowledge more? What are you willing to work toward, JM? And what would you forsake in pursuit of it? <laughs> So, darlings, this is the kind of thing that you would get in a session with us. And then we go into that and talk about it more in depth and how you would work with it and blah, 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 blah. So, 
<sighs> Sorry, I just knocked my microphone. All right, so let me just... What am I willing to forsake in pursuit of it? I want the books. I want a body of work. I want the books. I believe the for you, the books are where the wisdom and what was it? Wisdom and knowledge lie. And the course is more for the whatever they said, fame and all that. I know fame yeah. is not your goal, but what do you find idea? Yeah. Fame, power. What do I want? Wisdom and knowledge more. What am I willing to work toward? And what should I for, shall I forsake in pursuit of it? Oh my god. That's ridiculously appropriate, isn't it? Yes. I am well willing to forsake everything else for my books, ultimately. And ultimately that, it, like all of my life experience, all of my knowledge, all of the wisdom that I've gathered and, and, and been gifted over the years in all of the jobs, all of the work that I've done, the energy work, the healing, the teaching, all of that can go into my books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if there were ever a simple path again for you to go back to the course, um, it will appear and, and you'll know at that time if it feels right. And to be quite honest, and, and it's definitely going to be an audio book because I've got the audio. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be available as a, a series of audio books. That's what I'm <laughs> going to make it into. <laughs> there you go. You can still have the course out there. Yeah. It's just in book form. And that makes it so much simpler, right? Yep. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I love it. I love that so much. I love Prophecy Speaks so much, really. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Mine is, <clears throat> my question is, what is, okay, because I, I shared that that path opened up last week for readers on my list. I'm curious what's another simple path for readers who will love my books to find them easily. Yes. And I'm using the new book I found, The Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukov. Oh. In order to develop and nurture your mind and your body, it's necessary to realize that you have a mind and a body. To heal directly at the level of the soul, it is first necessary to acknowledge that you have a soul. If you have a soul, is it a hollowness that mythologically fills your ribcage? <laughs> no. If then your soul is real and alive with force and beingness, what is its purpose? To develop a healthy and disciplined mind, an intellect that can expand wholesomely and fully into any task requires more than merely recognizing the existence of the mind. It requires understanding how the mind works, what it desires, what strengthens it, and what weakens it, and then applying that knowledge. In the same way, it is not possible to consciously assist the soul in its evolution merely by recognizing the existence of the soul. 
It is necessary to understand the soul's temperament, to learn what the soul can tolerate and what it cannot tolerate, what contributes to its health and what breaks its health down. These things must be looked at. Stop there. Okay. Well, um, definitely the line, it requires understanding how the mind works, what it desires, what it strengthens it, and what weakens it, and then applying that knowledge. That line jumped out at me. Yeah. And the whole way through, while you were reading that, soul represents reader. Hmm. Okay. I have to read that again on my own then with that. But and 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 all I thought all the way through that was you know exactly how to do all of the things that you could do to attract your readers. You, you have that knowledge. Or maybe yeah, maybe I just assume, maybe I just assume you do. I mean, well, here's the thing. The reason I ask this is, yeah, I know all of the things I can do. And I've tried all of them. Yeah. But a lot of them I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like, like it says here, I don't like the way it made my mind and my soul ah, feel. Okay. So. So that's why I'm asking for guidance on then what is a simple path I can take? Because the other ones didn't, I didn't like them. And what was the thing <laughs> that stood out for you? It requires understanding how the mind works, what it desires, what strengthens it, and what weakens it, and then applying that knowledge. What does that mean for you? Like, like understanding that um, I do know what strengthens and what weakens my mind at this point. Um, so applying that oh, knowledge to this, applying that knowledge to this specifically. Yep but I still don't really have an answer what that might be. But but so. it's definitely reminding you to stay solid and not go into those places that make you uncomfortable. You know, like it, it's just rang, keeping you keeping you on track. Like you don't have to go into those ways that make you feel uncomfortable. This is just keep. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's about being uncomfortable as much as um uh I don't like to go to this place because I I know it's important at times to make yourself uncomfortable to grow. No, this is but different. The, this is this is a different thing though. These yeah, these I things that I say I've tried before. Yeah. It was more that they made me feel unaligned. Yes. I was not They're aligned. Not congruent. I'm like, this does not it's not it felt wrong. It felt yeah. It's inappropriate yeah yep. <laughs> even Those, though so many other authors <laughs> use it and they work beautifully for them I, that's great I don't. that's not that's not your jam man it no, doesn't so. it's not where you resonate it's not all of those words that we like to use it doesn't resonate it's not congruent it's not aligned with you right so what is another simple path I mean I guess it's just telling me to keep listening and wait for the answer. I don't know. Well, yeah, just just keep just keep doing what you're doing. And is there any reason why this simple path that you have discovered, why do you need another yeah. one? You don't need another one. You just need I guess another. part of myself is is allowing doubt 
to creep yeah. in. You don't need another that. one at all. You have the there. There are so many promotions that come up. I know on Book Funnel. It's crazy. There's not just the one, and there are billions of readers around the world, and they all will discover different promotions that attract them. True. I was letting doubt, letting doubt because I'm like, well, could every promotion really be this amazing? I don't maybe think so. not, and, but maybe it would be better. But it's just, yeah, it's just the thing of like, why am I telling myself that? Why would I tell myself a story like that? Why not say like every promotion is this amazing? Because that's what we do to ourselves. Yes. All right. I'm good. Okay, cool. And that is the end of Prophecy Speaks. Oh. Hey. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to move on. Yeah. To the hashtag. Okay. So, oh, the prediction. prediction oh, prediction. Though. Sorry, prediction. Prediction. What's the prediction? Last week, uh, they will get away and continue on towards the destination. Relg will be more accepted into the group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was a little vague, but I did get it. Yeah, no, you totally got it. Kind of. You are spot on. Um, okay, next chapter, I'm saying, ob- I was kind of saying the obvious, but more dangers lie on the path ahead. Mm-hmm. Something, but it's something bigger than Murgos and Grolms. Maybe, maybe one of those creatures is still alive or something. Okay. Uh, Garion will have a moment to show off his powers to the others again, which are getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think. Okay, okay. I like it. Hashtag. Yeah. Do we want? Do we want to keep going with the hashtags? Do we want to? Um, I mean, it's fun. I just. It is. Fun. I don't know okay. that. All right. What's the hashtag? Anybody okay. uses them? No. There was one person, <laughs> we... one new listener who started using. It was just, he was listening to lots and lots of episodes and throwing them into the um, Instagram a lot. And that was super fun. Yeah. I so if, if that. people right. actually wanted to, that's great. And I've I've totally revamped the end the outro of the show so that I've got all of the ways that people can do things. So stick around, listen to that, everyone. <laughs> Hashtag hungry rock. <laughs> um what do you think? As- Thinking maybe it's something to do with the wind or uh-huh. or the the bubbly water. Bubbly water. <laughs> Mud mask. Mud mask of death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or the long? quick or the quicksand of Dernick's super cool kill. Um, I don't know. What do you want? Uh, I kind of like my mask of death. <laughs> yeah. Use that one. I got nothing for some reason. Mud mask of death. Nice. Okay, so 
oh my god that's it so that's it (laughs) (laughs) we're at the end of the show thanks for sticking around with us everybody and getting all the way to the end of the show okay new outro beginning now you will find all the extended show notes and links to all the things on our website, belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. Head over to check it out. Throw this episode's hashtag, hashtag modmaskofdeath, into the comment below the show notes. And sign up to our mailing list while you're there. And you can leave a voice message for us. There'll be a link in the show notes for that. If you want to read some of the chat that other fans of the show are posting, you can follow us on Patreon. And that means, yes, all of you, you can follow us because you don't have to be a paid subscriber to do that and stay up to date with all of the public posts there. You can click the Patreon link in the show notes, scroll down, and then underneath where the tiers are listed, you'll see a follow button. So you click on that and you're sorted. And um, as always, you can email belgariadandbeyond at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Um, And the Belgariad and Beyond podcast is an indie production. And the two best ways for you to show your support is to leave a review on iTunes or become a patron or both. Both would be great. So thank you so much to our patrons. Your patronage is currently paying for Zoom. So that means you're paying for the videos that we record and... um, you know, this, this that we're doing right now, you're paying for this and, and the website hosting. So um, it doesn't sound like much, but it's actually pretty freaking huge. So thank you very much. Um, Patrons get to comment on our posts in Patreon. They get access to bonus episodes of before the show and full uncut video of every episode. And also have the chance to have private prophecy speak sessions with us. So find out more at patreon.com forward slash Belgariad and beyond. And there will be a link in the show notes. Yay. (laughs) Awesome outro. (laughs) Thank you. Love it. So be in your ears again. That's it. That's it. Yep. That's it. Okay. So what you were going to say now. <laughs> we will be in your ears again next episode, darlings. See you then. Bye, guys.